your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Thursday, May 20th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You could also email me at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com. You could also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't forget the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them, Locked On sent to you so we're continuing this theme if you want to call it that on locked on panthers where i bring a guest host with me to the show and here to talk about the series and preview game three of the battle of florida between florida and tampa bay is caitlin daly from the five reasons sports network caitlin how are you i'm good armando thanks so much for having me Yes, uh, thank you so much for jumping on and for a little bit of something for the fans. We are recording this at 1.54 a.m. on a Thursday morning, 12.54 in Nashville time. So I got some coffee right here and my Flanagan's cup and I'm ready to record a podcast. Tell, Tell the fans what you had earlier to keep you awake for this show. Um, I may or may not have finished the majority of a pint of Halo Top mint chip ice cream. Um, but that was about almost two hours ago when we thought we were going to start. And now I'm just running off the adrenaline of fighting through all of the technical difficulties I've experienced. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we got some, we got some sugar in our systems to keep, keep us up. So let's talk some cats. So Give us your impressions about the series so far. So not what I expected necessarily, given how um, this, the season series had gone against Florida. Um, Mackenzie Weger even said after the game two press conference that they had their number all season and they knew their game. Um, and he said heading into their Tampa series, he just wants the team to get back on their game and play like they know they can play against Tampa and grind them down. But um, I think everyone, especially with the Panthers being seated at that number two spot and seeing how um, those last two games of the regular season went, everyone knows that Florida and Tampa are neck and neck. But um, I think all of us on the Panther side of things, we're pretty confident Um in this matchup, just given how well, like I said, they've played against this team this season. Um, they had a 3-3-0 record this year. 
Um, they were neck and neck in the standings all season. But with that Saturday game, that last Saturday game of the regular season, with those 154 penalty minutes, we knew this was going to be a tense, hot series down in Florida. Um, obviously not. I, if you asked me if I thought this would be 0-2 for us right now, I would have laughed. So not what we thought. But at the same time, I'm not worried. Yeah, and even though after Tampa Bay went up two to nothing with a few unlucky bounces that went Tampa Bay's way of the Strawman gold where not the best positioning and then the Palat goal where it was deflected off the crossbar. And even when the Panthers scored uh, from Mason Marchment, his first career postseason goal, it, it felt like those two early goals just kind of sucked the light out of Florida because they were just two very I mean, luck is a part of winning championships, so, but two lucky bounces that the Tampa Bay Lightning got, and, you know, they took advantage of it, and I feel good a little bit going into Tampa, knowing that we played them close and that they weren't blowing us out of the building. I, I agree. I also think that, um, obviously, we'll, we'll get to game one, I'm sure, at some point. But um, like you said, in that second game, those two early goals were more a matter of luck than skill um, or, or error on our part, necessarily. Obviously, enough error to have, that, um, find, have those two goals find the back of the net in the first place. But I think overall, it seemed the general consensus amongst the team and Coach Quenville was that they're pretty happy with what they were doing on the ice. Um, it just wasn't coming together how they hoped it would. Um, but they also did a lot of great things in that game. Um, and after those two goals, I think uh, Chris Dreger really uh, just had it together. Like Dreger really did not, he had 26 saves. Um, and after letting in those two goals, he, he woke up and nothing went past him and he put, he brought his a game and was a brick wall. So um, I think, you know, he learned quickly from those two mishaps and got it together. And I think that showed a lot of strength and net from him. And I think um, the captain Sasha Barkov was saying how he played great in the post-game press conference after game two. So um, coach Q was very happy with his play. I know it was his birthday. It was his first playoff game in his career it was a big night for him and obviously uh you would have hoped they could have gotten the win for him but um I think he really for 90 percent of that game played his best yeah and you, you you said it before I did it was his birthday and he played well and I don't have an I don't really have an issue whether coach Q goes with either goalie going into game three I said it after game one where if he wants to go back to Bobrovsky, because I didn't think Bobrovsky had a bad game neither. Three three no. power play goals by the Lightning, a shorty based on a Yandel turnover, and then and then Braden Point with the dagger on a breakaway. So you can't fault the goalie for that. And, you know, neither have, of these games have been on the goalie. But if if Coach Q decides to go back to Chris Strieger because the – the game slows down in the playoffs. There's a lot more often low scoring games and things slow down. And I think when you have Chris Trieger there, who, who 
even when he goes stretches without playing, he's been able to to shut it down when need be. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I'm in the same boat as you because we saw this season. Remember at the beginning of the season, he was not playing Bob for a couple of games. Bobrovsky was out for, you know, Drieger would have a great game and Coach Q would keep going with Drieger. And to me, I was a little bit worried that that was playing a bit of a mental game um, on Bobrovsky. But once he got into his groove in February, well into February and March, then we just had two solid goalies. And then we got Spencer Knight and then we had three solid goalies. Um, A a young gun, but definitely solid nonetheless. And um, I think that unfortunately with a team like Tampa who's they do not get discouraged when they um when they aren't getting those chances and because of that persistence they'll they won't stop until they get those scoring chances and make those goals happen and they're very tenacious on the forecheck so um no matter who's in goal they they need to be pretty close to perfect uh against a team like Tampa but I really don't think that either one would be wrong. I know I've seen on Twitter a lot of um, passionate fans are saying that Bobrovsky would be a bad choice because he let in more goals, but um, we've seen some great things from both this season. I think one good thing about Chris Drieger um, is his mentality. I'm not saying that uh, Bobrovsky doesn't have this element, but especially with his background, Drieger, you know, having worked his way up um, in the East Coast League and the AHL and making it here um, and being with this team, such a successful team this season, it's such a good underdog story. But he's also, I think, just looking at his career, he is a mental toughness warrior. And I think that shows... um, he's not too high or too low. And that's very important as a goalie to maintain that mentality. And he even said on the post-game press conference on, uh, after game two, he said, you know, even if we had one, I wouldn't have been ecstatic. And because we lost, I'm not down in the dumps. I think we did a lot of good things. And I think we know what we need to do as we head into Tampa. So that, that kind of even keel, um, piece is, definitely exemplified through him but the whole Panthers team has it and that's been a huge component in their locker room it seems this season so I don't think coach Q can make a bad choice with goal for game three and he's gonna get paid this yeah. offseason by somebody he's mm-hmm. I don't know who I, I I would love I would love of course I would love to see him back on the Florida Panthers but based on the money tied up with Sergey Bobrovsky a buyout situation even if the Panthers were able to do it it'd be really difficult for them but yeah, I, I assume Chris Drieger is going to be the odd man out. And I would love to see him in Seattle. I would love to personally, if, if he does walk away, like start the, the underdog story and going to Seattle for, for, for their, for their expansion. That would be a hockey Cinderella story. Definitely. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about the impact of Sam Bennett and what game two brought without Sam Bennett for and in for the listeners Sam Sam Bennett was suspended for game two on a charging call 
to Blake Coleman towards the end boards. And so it resulted in a one-game suspension for game two. What happened in, in game two was everybody was shifted up. Wenberg was shifted back to the second line, something that he started the season with. Nolachar was moved up to the third. And we thought in the morning that Yuho Lamico was going to make an appearance on the fourth line, but Coach Q decided to go 11F7D. And he did say after the press conference that he's expected to go back to 12-6 for game three. And we really saw the what we were missing with Sam Bennett being suspended. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he... I've loved this team all year. They've been so successful from the jump. Um, But what Sam Bennett has brought in 10 games, he had 15 points, six goals in just a regular season. And in game one, his presence was obviously known. He had that first goal that ended up not um, counting for goalie interference, but great goal. You could see even in those three or four seconds where they thought it counted how wild the crowd was you were there so you you would definitely you felt that energy but I saw it through the screen and I was ecstatic for those couple seconds um he means so much to South Florida already uh he's he just fits in so well with this team and um the seat the end of the season that he was able to have with Florida was great and in game one he had two assists three hits and two takeaways so for him to be out and then take that missing puzzle piece out of the lines um, was, I think, what was wrong with the Panthers in game two, because there really was nothing else to chalk it up to because they were doing the right things. It was just he has become such an integrated part of this team that um, he was very missed on the ice. So I think that I also I, I mean, can we talk about that suspension? I, I the guys played 412 NHL games in his career. He's never been fined. He's never been suspended. And they get him for a boarding call, which, I mean, I, I saw the video. I'm assuming you saw the video. He, he definitely boarded him, but um, compared to some other hits we saw in the very aggressive game one of this series, I thought it was a pretty ridiculous call for the player safety to suspend him, especially because he's not a repeat offender This guy has a completely clean slate and you look at not only the stuff that was going on in this game, like the hit from Ryan McDonough on Duclair early in the game, that was aggressive, but Mm -hmm. um, what's been going on in the league lately. And the fact that, you know, I have so much to say about this, but I thought that that was, I'm sure he's, he's kind of pissed about that. So I am excited to see what, he brings on the ice from having to sit out that game too. Cause I can imagine when you're a key player for a team like Sam Bennett is to the Florida Panthers, that is very frustrating to have to watch your team battle it out without you when you know that you should win that game. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why are often pointless or seemingly intimidating, questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computers, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers 
for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Looking at the time on ice for the power play because Sam Bennett was on power play one, it was a split timeshare between Alex Wenberg and Frank Petrano on power play one instead of having Sam Bennett there for a majority of the time. So you're not missing Sam Bennett not only on the second line, but you're also missing him on the power play unit. And they're, they're, they're in game two, the Florida Panthers were very passive. And there were times where I was just thinking, man, shoot, shoot, <laughs> shoot, shoot. You, you, you never know if a puck can bounce a certain way to, to, to get you that game tying goal. And uh, it, it was, it was a little frustrating watching the power play, but the chippiness of it, wasn't as intense as game one. It was still there. Don't get me wrong. But I think now that both of these teams have really settled and really have gotten in the groove of this series now that we're through two games. Yeah, I agree. I think um, they definitely game two from the Panthers because uh, Tampa came out and had that two goal lead early on. Florida played more of a patient game um definitely more structured than game one was um but it was frustrating because it, it didn't seem like they could generate those uh you know sh chances and shots like we wanted them to that that goal from mason marchment was incredible um and definitely would have been a very somber somber game had that not happened so um, for him to get on the boards for the first time in his postseason career is also super exciting for him. We had a lot of first postseason exciting moments among yesterday's loss, but um, I I think they they played patiently, but now they're frustrated. Like I saw him in the press conference. Um, obviously, they they wanted to win that game at home. For they wanted to win one of those games at home for the fans. Um, but they're going to go into Tampa with Fury. And something that I have loved about this season's Florida Panthers um, is how well they have seemed to come back from their mistakes. And so although they didn't learn from their mistakes in terms of turning last night into a win, um, they did lose both games. But let's look at their penalty kill. They 
they allowed three power play goals in game one and they had a perfect penalty kill in game two. They were three for three. So that's a win. That's something not to be overlooked. They, that's something that they needed to fix in order to have any fighting chance against this lightning team. Um, so that was a big improvement. Now they're pissed. They, they got embarrassed at home. They're pissed. They're going to go into Tampa's house and they're going to do what they need to do. And I'm very confident in that because we we've called them the comeback cats all season. And I think, you know, with Sam Bennett out, they still were able to adjust um, their penalty kill. And now with him back, that's their missing piece. And they're going into this road series with a chip on their shoulder. And I love when they play on the road with a chip on their shoulder. And let's talk about going into on the road with a chip on their shoulder. It was announced. Well, now yesterday, because we're recording this past midnight (laughs) yesterday, the, I think it was the Tampa Bay times put out an article saying that Emily arena is increasing capacity for the playoffs for the Tampa Bay lightning. So the, Florida Panthers are already going into a very hostile environment in in Emily Arena, a a place that I've been to before as a fan. And yeah, the down 0-2, you're going into a very hostile environment. The the very the very thing you need to do immediately, not immediately, but is get that first goal. Get it first. Hundred percent. They need that momentum. And one player I want to talk about. And here's it's something that I really saw a lot on the Twitter timeline today is is what would what would this team be with an Ekblad on the on the floor? And that's and that's something that I try to check myself where saying he's not going to be back in this series. So why bother? He's not going to be back in the next series if if the Florida Panthers advance. But why? But why bother? But I will entertain this. I will entertain. What would have happened with if Aaron Eckblad were in the lineup and McKenzie Weger was committing those boneheaded mistakes? And that that is leadership on the team that you just can't replace. And I, I kind of think about it, if Aaron Eckblad was out there, of course the, the defense will be better. Let's start with that. But then also keeping his number one line mate in check. Mackenzie Weger has been great all season, and he just committed a very dumb penalty towards the end of the second period on a boarding call by Blake Coleman. So Blake Coleman in this series has, has been beat up by a couple of Panther players through, throughout. He, he did get a goal in game one, but what, what are you thinking? What are you thinking about just your quick thoughts on, on Ekblad? The Ekblad what ifs? Well, obviously he is missed. I, the, the first time that I came on this, um podcast with you I said Ekblad for Norris I was very excited very confident I still believe that um it was his he had a phenomenal season um but I've been personally very impressed with how Mackenzie Weger has stepped up and filled those shoes as best he can he's had a career season of his own um and I think that speaks volumes to not just him, but the Panthers, because um, wherever there is a hole, there is someone who wants to fill those shoes to play for the team, to make the team better. So 
Um, that playing for each other mentality has been a huge part of the Panthers' success. And I think because they miss Ekblad out there, he's another big reason um, why they're not going to go down in this series or any series without a fight because they're missing one of their best guys out there. They know that if he was out there, it would be um, probably an easier load for uh, not just the defense, but the team in general to carry. Um, but it, again, it's, it's hard, like you said, to put yourself in these, what if romanticizing positions? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so I've been impressed with the way Uyghurs played. I, I think they played a more patient, structured, controlled game last time. Hopefully they're making, um, less of those kind of physical mistakes um in that aspect because they can't they can't get any more penalties they really every time Tampa's on the power play it's a bad bad spot for the cats to be in so they need to minimize that um and I think if Ekblad was here he's very uh nuanced with his physicality Mm -hmm. so it's definitely missed but um they're not in bad shape without without him as we've seen since he left I also I also have a lot of confidence in the Panthers in this road series despite all those other factors and um them letting more fans and Amelie and all that jazz I the Panthers ranked tied fourth in the NHL for road wins this season in the regular season with 17 um and they did pretty well against uh Tampa on the road, I think their record was two, one, and one. Um, and again, they've got fire in their belly. So they're not, they're not going into this thinking they have it. They're going to go out there and play with everything they have. And that's what they told us on the press conference. And I believe them. I saw it in their eyes. So I don't think they're scared. Something that I've admired about them all season. Um, and we talked about this early on was they, you know, the media was saying, how good can the Florida Panthers actually be this season? They've, they haven't been good. No one's, you know, no one's going to really live up to the hype. And here we are second Mm -hmm. seed in the central division. And they never cared what anyone was saying about them. They didn't mind all the noise. They didn't pay attention to the noise. They know who they are and they're confident in their game. And I hope that's what we see from them as soon as they take the ice in game three, because they need to play a full 60 minutes, top to bottom, uh, aggressive and get, get on the boards first. Like you said. Yeah. And you said it yourself, fourth best road record in the NHL. They finished with a road record of 17, nine and two. I mean, that's, that's pretty damn good for, Mm -hmm. and just three points off. To put this in perspective, three points off of the President's Trophy winner, Colorado Avalanche, who who got another win tonight. <laughs> All the scores are final. And it's funny because I was talking earlier how Blake Coleman has been beat up all, all series long so far by Florida Panthers player. Radko Gudis also had a hit on Blake Coleman right at center ice in the middle of the third period. And you just heard the crowd reaction just, ooh, like right at center <laughs> ice. And... Yeah, game three, you're gonna get Senate, Sam Bennett back. You're gonna your Alex Wenberg is gonna shift back to the third line. Uh and you know, I don't know what type of adjustments uh 
Coach Q makes for the fourth line. Maybe he plays a Dennis Seiko. Maybe he plays a Alexi Heponiemi. And just shake things up a little bit. I was talking a little bit with the owner of PantherParkway.com, Frank Rikus, yesterday about who, like, about Ryan Lomberg. And I feel that, I feel that sometimes he's going to be a little bit too physical to the point that he might cost his team a penalty. Yeah. He, I mean, game one, you were there. I mm-hmm. watched. Um, but he was, I think he actually, I think he fought Blake Coleman. There was one, uh, one TV zoom in on his face after the refs separated him and Coleman and the passion that Ryan Lomberg brings to his play is what makes him a player that you just, you want to love, you want to root for him, but in, in the playoffs and in games like these where we can't allow um, the other team to be on that one man advantage he's he's a bit of a risk to mm. to have out there um you know taking up a lot of minutes in the game you want him if it if it gets feisty you want him out there but he needs to be a little more nuanced with his um fighting so that he he doesn't get dug and you you can't hate him for bringing that level of passion to his game like that's why he's so that's why he's made such an impact on this team this year mm. um and he such a fun young player to watch but he really plays with his heart and soul and sometimes that I love it don't get me wrong I love it yeah no it's a it's a very admirable uh style of play there's nothing wrong with it but um it is kind of a liability issue sometimes when you're trying to avoid putting players in the box yeah and that fight with Coleman and Lomberg was towards the end of the second period at the 1830 mark of, of that game bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online the nba and the nhl are in their stretch runs right before the postseason begins get all the latest news and odds and info on all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all your ufc slash mma action before the next pitch Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On. So basically the Panthers really don't like Blake Coleman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the the Tampa Bay Lightning don't like Sam Bennett. They don't like nope. they don't like Ryan Lomberg. The Panthers don't like Ryan McDonough. I don't know if you saw this replay, but there's a p- part where Ryan McDonough was going around the, the the end boards and then he just with his offhand I be- I believe he punches Mason Marchment and there's no penalty called there. So yeah, Ryan McDonough is also like getting in the faces of Florida Panthers players and using his offhand as like trying to like knock somebody down and that not being called. I, I try not to I try not to make complaints about the officiating, but that one yep. was that was kind of if you if you're trying to set the tone and you're trying to penalize both 
for for certain hits that especially with McDonough with game one on Duke and now game two on Marchment. The Marchment one wasn't as aggressive as the one on Duke, but the Duke one was bad. See, Ryan McDonough was I he was a ranger when mm. I was growing up. And you love having a guy like that on the team that you're rooting for. Um, but obviously being on the other side of that situation right now, um, he is not, not my favorite lightning player, but his hit on Duclair, if, I mean, like we've talked about the, the Sam Bennett suspension for his hit on Blake Coleman, it's essentially the exact same play, but I think I, I, the one thing with the Sam Bennett plays he did come from across the zone so in the way after the pass yeah in his argument like he could have made a better decision he had the time to make it um or try to slow down he didn't jut him that hard into the boards he was just coming at him with such a velocity um and he didn't try to stop himself at all but the Ryan McDonough's hit on Duclair was with force and intent and he I mean he slammed him he was his knees were bent and he slammed him like face first into where the boards and the glass meet and it, it was just not necessary in my opinion but again near the benches too yeah right near the benches and it's just like if you're gonna I don't know for player safety. If you're going to, if you're looking at the same game and you see the same play happen twice, you need to treat them the same way. Yeah. And player safety in recent weeks has not, they've had, they've had a lot of bad um, Bad, PR. PR, Yeah. The, the, the recently, and there was a, there's a hit tonight by Nazem Kadri of the Colorado Avalanche on Justin Falk. And that'll be his third time being suspended by the NHL in the playoffs. When he was on the Toronto Maple Leafs, he had two different infractions that caused the suspension for, I remember that. for, well, he was in the, on the, on the Leafs. And we, and there's the one that a lot of people listening think of right on the top of their head, Tom Wilson. That's another one. And, and how that one is not, suspension where i mean their explanation I, I i feel that their explanation was that duke's arms was up were up like this and he was able to brace himself and he didn't suffer a major injury but still like the the intent was the, the intent was there and i and yeah and that's on duke for being able to do that that it doesn't have anything to do with ryan mcdonough's force you know um and blake coleman wasn't it's not like Duke was way more in shambles than Coleman was after each respective hit. So um, for them to use that as an argument is pretty invalid to me. Unfortunately, the pass is the pass. So McDonough's not suspended, but Sam Bennett is back. Like you said, two, one, and one on the road against Tampa Bay, where they won twice this season, and they won for the first time this season for the first time in like four to five seasons. And there was an article out by someone of the Tampa 
Bay Times. I'm not going to name their name publicly. If you, if the listener wants to look for it, they're they're allowed to. But they were they were just the article was pretty much talking about. Are we surprised that the Tampa Bay Lightning are are starting off two and zero against the Florida Panthers? And it said that that the Florida Panthers they're just some extra sauce. I believe they're just a, a nobody team. And I'm just and I'm just thinking this guy hasn't watched the Panthers all season. And that's still, there's still that stigma. If stigma is the right word of the Florida Panthers being that small market team in a place that's not necessarily in Miami, it's in the Miami metropolitan area, but Mm -hmm. away, away from it. And they, they pretty much, they pretty much, they, they, I'm looking up the article right now. It's like, they're just the extras. That's what they call it. And, this is that's that's a load of yeah you know what and i get it i get it as well because if you want respect around the national hockey league it takes winning as a fan i i i it's like the arthur arthur gift that you clench your fist but then when you think about (laughs) it objectively you think about it as okay from the national perspective from people who don't watch this the Panthers a lot I I assume they're just still thinking of this team as a quote-unquote nobody team but regardless of what happens in this series the Florida Panthers are headed into the right direction and of course I don't want Tampa Bay to win the cup but if if they do win if they do win the cup and they eliminate us here's one thing I'll feel good about I'll feel good that we lost a round to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. I don't want I don't want them to win, but you feel a little better about that because this in a regular normal 82 game season, who knows? Instead of this yeah. being a first round matchup, this could have been a second round matchup. They they can't meet in the conference finals unless the Florida Panthers were like a wild card team and then they would go to the metropolitan part of the bracket and then meet in the conference finals. That's the only way that they would meet. I I agree with that. I mean, last year I had worked for the Islanders last season and that's how the Islanders went out. And I had a very similar feeling. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's how it's going to be this year. Call me optimistic. I don't, I don't see it happening, but I mean, you look at Tampa Bay sports, they're, they're feeling themselves. They're very cocky after the year that they've had in the city of Tampa Bay sports and rightfully so let the champions have their moments, but Mm -hmm. I, if they want to, I mean, that's this, this journalist's job is to, to make Tampa Bay fans amped up as they get ready to host this portion of the series at home. Um, but clearly this man or woman has not looked at the season that we've been watching because um, the Panthers were the only team all year to average more than three goals per game versus Tampa Bay this season. And I think they averaged 3.88 goals per game they were the only team they they had them five and three in the season series they won twice in tampa uh, this guy can say whatever he wants but he's looking at the pre-2020 season team and i if if that's the attitude that the city of tampa bay and the tampa bay sports world wants to take about 
the Florida Panthers, let them take it because the Panthers thrive in that underdog mentality. And I think about it like this, who, who, who wants to be a Tampa Bay sports fan anyway, because the parking for Emily arena is awful. The Buccaneers oh, didn't make the play. The, Bu- the Buccaneers didn't make the playoffs until Tom Brady came into town. And yeah, I have, I know this isn't a football podcast, but I have so many things to say about Tom Brady as a Dolphins <laughs> fan. N- not, none of them are good. And the Tampa Bay Rays have the worst stadium situation in all of baseball. I'm a Giants fan, so I'll join you in the in the Tom Brady talk. Yeah, so yeah, another Who, episode. Yeah, well, uh, n- non non locked on Panthers version, and I think about it like this: if the Florida Panthers were were going on the road and won two, I I see how the a, a sports writer would be able to pump the crowd up. But I mean, and if you were to flip it around, the Florida Panthers still haven't won anything. They they haven't proven yeah. to the league. And I, I guess that's the result of winning, being a champion. In, they're they're it, trying to remind them who they are from last year and mm-hmm. let them do it. But I'm all about that quiet confidence that the Panthers have exuded all season. And call me optimistic, but I'm very excited for game three and four. I am excited as well. Who knows? Maybe the Florida Panthers will pull what the Washington Capitals did in 2018 with when Barry Trotz was in his final year as the coach of the Capitals, losing both at home with Philip Grubauer, who's having a great situation in Colorado right now. And they went to Holtby after that one four straight against Columbus and ended up winning the cup. I'm not saying that the Florida Panthers will win the cup, but all it takes is But you're not not saying it. Yeah, I'm not (laughs) not saying it. And Jameson Olive of FloridaPanthers.com talked about Mm -hmm. it today he uh, he talked about how he's a uh, Red Sox fan he talked about how they were down three nothing against the Yankees in 04 and he's and he has the famous he talked about the famous Kevin Millar quote where it's like don't let us win one and documentary recommendation for the listener I highly recommend four days in October a 30 for 30 from ESPN highly recommend it that I another not locked on conversation, but um, I grew up a diehard Yankees fan. And um, I actually thought my first job was going to be shortstop for the Yankees when I was <laughs> in third grade. And uh, in fourth grade, fourth grade was 2004. And that was the year. Um, and I may or may not have, I know there's no crying in baseball. I absolutely cried that that year um when the red sox beat the yankees to move on and win the series but you know what it's fine let them have it but that tom too too much too much boston sports talk with the red sox and tom brady i'm over it yeah same here and three times well i mean we haven't even gotten to game three uh the result of it but three times in nhl history has a team come back from three three games to nothing down to end up winning the series. And the last team I remember, I believe, was the Philadelphia Flyers against the Boston Bruins, if I remember correctly. And they and and in that very game seven, they were down three to nothing in that game and they came back to win that one. So you know oh, it has but, been done before if mm-hmm. it if it gets down to the wire. But I I don't know. What are your predictions for how you see game three and game four going? I think we're going to take at least one Mm -hmm. 
at the bare minimum, take at least one win. It's hard to, to win on the road, but like we've seen with the fourth best road record in the NHL, the Cats can do it. I believe if the Florida Panthers score first in game three, I believe they can come out of Tampa Bay with a game three victory to bring it at least back to get one back and at least guarantee a game five in Sunrise, Florida. And you you take it one game at a time as well. And you you if you win game three, then your sole focus is on game four and then so on. Right now, the Panthers as a team, they're gonna tell you one thing and being down 0-2. Game three is the only thing on our minds. And that's what it should be for us as well. Coach Q even said um, after the game uh, the other night, he said, if we can win one game, that's great. Let's focus on just winning a period and then we'll move on from there. So he's had that one thing at a time mentality that he's um, inflicted in the minds of all of his players, but they're really taking that one thing at a time very seriously. Um, so I think that's going to work out for them, hopefully. I hope so too. It's going to be a, rock, um, a very rowdy crowd in Tampa Bay. They're pumped. They and they have every right to be. So let's let's shut them down early and let's get on the board early and take it from there. So, uh, Caitlin, I want to thank you for coming on to this episode of Locked On Panthers to talk about the series as a whole and what to prepare for Game Three. So, for my listeners, where can they find you on the internet? So I am on Twitter at C Daily. It's D A L Y 95, C Daily 95. Um, and that's my primary home base. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Locked On Panthers. Thanks so much, Armando, for this midnight episode. And thank you to Caitlin Daly once again for hopping on to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast as we prepare for Game 3. First one of two on the road at Emily Arena, like we mentioned. Capacity is increased for this game. The crowd will be rowdy, but now the Florida Panthers have to go into a hostile environment and just find a way. It's very simplistic of me to say that, but... You just find a way. Good teams find ways no matter what. And we're going to really see in game three the sense of urgency and who is going to be that person to make a play. That's really the best way I can say it. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every time the episode of Locked on Panthers comes out. It'll come right into your feed if you're a subscriber to this podcast. Don't forget to also subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast. They'll be covering the postseason all throughout the next month or two. And also, the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And let's not forget the Locked On Today podcast. Steph Curry wasn't enough for the Golden State Warriors against the Los Angeles Lakers. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. Every day.